Okay, boys, we're live. It's episode 13, Hoofhearted Podcast, joined by the usual crew, Alan, Ed and Karen. We'll start off with, how was your, how, how did your transfers go to this week? What did we do before we kick into the games? Ed, over to you, because I think you got tasty. Yeah, I'm not like a super conservative player and I'm not a complete hit merchant like yourself, Phrase. But this, this last game week, I took a minus eight. I had one just one transfer to play with. I was always going to take a hit because I wanted to bring in De Bruyne and I wanted to take out Podence. And the make weight in that was taking Kane out. And then between that, I think as we discussed in the last pod, it was between Antonio and Bamford for me. Um, and as we touched on the last pod as well, Antonio, whilst he started this evening, I was worried about him coming back from the hamstring, whether or not he'd start at all. And I just wanted this sort of surety of um of Bamford and obviously haven't seen him play I'm, I'm very happy with that it'll be more, it looks like if Antonio actually stays fit it'll be more be a case of having Bamford and Antonio um, but that was the make weight so I brought um brought in KDB and Bamford for Kane and um Podence and then the extra one was taking Foden out for Jota which I was sort of seeing that in isolation I, I sort of mentioned before I wasn't very confident in Foden sort of starting many games. They're quite comparable in that they, they're sort of giving us the same thing. They're cheap. If they start, they're just incredible value. And combination of Jota just being irresistible form at the moment and Liverpool being short midfielders, I was pretty confident he was not only going to start, obviously, after not playing in midweek, but also be starting for the foreseeable. He's basically, you know, forced his way into the team. Um, and yeah, as things stand, they've all pretty much paid off. I mean, ironically, Podent's got nine points, but um, yeah, the main thing was to bring KDB in and, and captain and let's all get to. He um, he did well yeah. and he could have done even better. Yep. Paddy, what were your sell? You took a, took a hit last week. Did we roll that train again? No, you know, I was really close. I think, I mean, Ed made the, made the point about his style. I'm, I'm pretty similar and I thought, usually when I do hits, I usually do them in a burst to try and sort something structural. And I just had a bit of an inkling that Foden might start or that even if he comes off the bench, they were going to batter Burnley. And the difference between that and Jota away from home meant I, the only transfer I really wanted to do, which I did do, which was more pie for Bamford, which I suppose, depending on your point of view, was either really lucky or a bit unlucky. Like, you know, you kept more pie for one more fixture. You know, he gets the penalty and misses it, but bringing in Bamford. I watched the Everton game and yeah, he didn't score. He was close, but he, he looked good. So I'm not, I'm not unhappy, but then of course getting through this week has sort of made me realize, and we'll get into the game detail in a bit. I really had to fade a big uh, KDB week. So I didn't lose massive amounts of ground. Um, and I, I sort of half did that. He did all right, but like Ed said, he could have gone huge. So, yeah, only one transfer for me, which was Bamford in from Wopai, and wasn't anything gained really massive. Um, but yeah, not not terribly unhappy, but not particularly happy either. Excellent. And Karen, what about yourself, mate? How did you do this week? Um, I did all right. Good. Uh, it took in KDB for Son. Uh, yeah, always knew KDB was going to do fairly well. I was very close to taking him as a captain over Bar- over Vardy, but. I don't know, I fully expected Vardy was going to score at least one against Fulham tonight, but obviously it didn't happen. But yeah, quite pleased with getting Var- good, uh, De Bruyne in. Still keeping that twat Mitrovic up top. Uh, he was going to get wiped out 
and that was going to be for Antonio, but yeah, there was no news from Moyes during the week. I thought, I'm no one to have egg in my face. He'll at least, at least start for Fulham. Mm. Didn't tonight. Uh, I don't know, I fancied Leicester might have conceded. But yeah, Mitrovic didn't get didn't get anything, so he's definitely going this week. There'll be like definitely a hit to sort out something a bit more structural, a wee bit like what you're saying. I've got a few more niggling issues, so I'll address that. Uh, well, no change for me. I basically I told you all about my hit pre last week's pod mm. with the two Wolves boys, Cody and Semedo out. And uh, bringing in Cancelo and James, one worked out well, one not so well. And then um, jokingly Ed in the pot in the chat saying, "What's what was Fraser's Friday fuck up?" Well, um, the news came through, and we'll go into it in the game. But um, I'd been thinking of maybe swapping Manny to KDB, and I obviously held, and that's probably going to go down as another DCL moment. But with those changes, let's get into the game. So. First game up, we've got City versus Burnley, 5-0 City. Maris Hattrick, Mendy and Torres were the others. Karen, you took a look at this and you obviously brought in KDB. What what was your takeaway from the game? I think from seeing it, the only only surprise was it wasn't more than five. That easy could have been close to ten. Burnley just didn't turn up. I think they were beat before they got in the pitch. There's no kind of no effort, no belief that they could take anything at all off City. A lot of the time, Burnley, you play them and they'll be rigid in defence, really sticky team, hard to break down. But they just had nothing about them. They just stood off, stood off City. Give if you give KDB sort of five, ten yards of freedom to to play in, he's going to pick passes and pick you off. He was unlucky just to get his two assisted, uh, crack of a shot that came back off the post. Uh, could have had another few himself. Uh, well impressed with Mares. He actually looked interested for a change. I think it probably helped him. He got his goal, his first one early, and then he was buzzing for the rest of the game after that and had confidence to kind of take the boys on for the second goal. But yeah, he's just a no contest, really. Uh, Howler from Pe- Peacock Farrell, who was in the goal, I think having Pope in the goal, uh, Pope missing, sorry, didn't help. The... The Burnley defence maybe looked that bit shakier. And I suppose we kind of covered at the start of the season about the amount of games that Pope would keep Burnley in with sort of wonder saves and things. Whereas Peacock Farrell, you could see it was his debut. He was just had that shakiness about him, including throwing the ball in the net. Mm. So it definitely didn't help. And you're maybe a bit nervous and not expecting much as it was. But yeah, five going on ten. It's, I mean, it's always, they always just horse Burnley, especially at home. Yeah. It's just one of these things that I, I had it in my, in my mind because last season I had it in my mind, like, I'm sure the season before that Sterling never started. And, and it's just this thing where he always just seems to bench Sterling. I don't know if it's like a matchup thing thing or what. Like they ended up playing a double double pivot, which worked out well for KDB, not so well for phoning owners. As I sort of expect they would. I think they're pretty, if, if they're going to play double pivot there, I think they're pretty much going to play it against everyone like for me it, mm. it was partly because the double pivot means you know they've got a bit more bite in midfield because obviously Burnley quite combative but um yeah but I mean what I would say is Burnley did have a few chances as well like fair enough it wouldn't have made, made any difference to this to the result but um they had a few like half chance they Burnley could easily have scored in that game as well so I wouldn't I wouldn't be rushing to double up on City assets at the back what about attack yeah, I was going to say, does this 
I've watched bits of City this season, and one of the things that we always get terrified about is rotation, but he obviously really likes Mares, and he's made some kind of comment recently like, whoever's in the team needs to be scoring goals, and that's why he's obviously dumped Sterling, who had a bit of a dodgy patch. I mean, and he obviously really likes Ferran Torres. Not quite sure what he's going to do with Aguero because he's not been fully fit. But it does look like Mares sort of has a place to lose. And one of the things, and it's frustrating because he's awkwardly priced. You can't just go, well, I can dump Grealish and get Mares because you need to find a million from somewhere, right? I think with Mares, he's very much a confidence player, though. So if, say, you had, if he had, I don't know, say, a crap half, first half hour, you might have got absolutely nothing out of him and he would just been a bit of a sulk but he got that first goal and he was buzzing so it's hit and misses to kind of he wakes up out the right side of bed that day or yeah if he gets off to a good start I mean I think that's it though but he's going to hit that form if he's going to hit that form you need to get him in now Rupert in our league's a big fan of Mares. he tends to pick him up the odd time he picked him up a bit last season I think if you're going to get him you got to sort of get him now that he's on form and they've got nice fixtures because if he's going to bang he usually bangs for a wee while yeah, he usually trolls me. Last season, he was, he'd was he sort of played 65% of the games, 60-65% of the games, and Foden would play the other ones on that sort of right at the front three, but Foden's not really played there at all this season. He seems to be playing on the left if he, if he plays at all. So I guess Torres, and obviously anyone can play there, Sterling's played on the right as well, but there's it seems like he's a bit more cemented in that front right position at least. And yeah, what fucking that papers? Sorry, Seven out of eight, yeah, no, exactly. But then the other thing was we were talking during the week phrase, right? We had a phone call. We're talking about well, who's nailed on in this city team? Because there was the whole thing about Cancelo during the week in the Champions League game, and it was like, well, he's definitely nailed now. He can play both sides. What a legend he is! And then I was thinking, ah, oh, you know, what? I've got a bit extra cash. I could go up to Laporte. Neither of them played. It's- yeah, and I, th- I think that was because Mendy played right, and he played games back to back. So that, I think that's the the real worry because, yeah. It doesn't seem like Mendy's sort of rotating. It seems like actually he wants him in there, um, which yeah. is really surprising to me because Cancelo seemed like quite an integral part of sort of Pep's tactics yeah. as far as sort of cutting inside and being more ball player. But it seems like he wants to get back to the sort of old school, getting Mendy sort of getting up the pitch and then overlapping wingers and, and getting balls into the box that way. Yeah, imagine bringing Cancelo in for a hit and it all fucking going Pete Tong. Eh? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just so. Here's another question: What did what what did I do with Foden? He comes on, he gets an assist. What well, did I'm I do? upgrading him. I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm upgrading him this week probably to KDB because I want to do something a bit different. Well, I want KDB. If you were going to do a straight swap, we talked about it. You probably should have done Jota a few weeks ago. If you've got the cash, do Jota. If you don't. Take either of those options, then Christ knows. The only really, really annoying thing is that I really feel like there's going to be a burst of games coming, especially around Christmas, when he's going to get, say, three starts out of five and do something because he always looks like he wants to score goals. So the short answer is, if you can upgrade him to someone, do it. If you want to just rest easy, get Jota, because like Ed said, he's going to play every week. Or if you want to, you know, you're feeling frisky fucking leave him I mean to me he's just clearly not starting enough he's not started the last five games I think it's he's like clearly not first choice I think the double pivot thing just means that he's not getting I mean this could change this could have been as I said it could have just been they wanted the extra double pivot for Burnley but if they start double pivot in their next game fair enough full I mean Jesus if they start double pivot in full and that's yeah. it's pretty bad but you know he's then they're just not playing with those two sort of creative people in midfield 
And I almost feel like if they are, he'd probably put Bernardo in, in that midfield and still sees Foden as being that sort of further pushed up player, which in fairness is probably more what he is because he's more about taking players on in and around the box and like popping off one-twos and that sort of thing. And you, so, yeah, the- I feel very happy I don't have him anymore. <laughs> we've, we've got the mad Christmas schedule coming up where there's going to be games every like few days. So Foden's bound to get a, a rotation shot in. Like, the, the, boy, the boy got an assist for his first touch. He's done about as much as he can mm. in the 20-odd minutes he had. That, that, as, an, as a previous owner, that's the most frustrating thing because you think on form he surely has to be starting. But I, I expect he'll start in the Champions League again and then you know he won't start in the league. And that's, and that's the thing is, is he too expensive to bench? Yeah. I'd say so. I, I benched him once when I had him because I, I think yeah, I was pretty sure he wouldn't start. And I think I think I benched him for Brewster though. So, so it, was, it, was a, it was a push. It was a push anyway. But yeah. yeah. Well, if you had a, a six point five million defender, you wouldn't bench them. So it's yeah, kind of the or same. A striker. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Unless you're one of these who have like spread themselves really thin because you want like twelve this, you players want, yeah, you terrified want, yeah. of COVID. Uh, one wee thing that uh, was a bit worrying for City is Aguero's got another wee niggling knee injury. So a recurrence of the injury he had before. It doesn't seem like it's overly major, but it was enough to kind of put him back. So I was hoping, oh, he might at least have made the bench. But no, he's back out for potentially another couple of weeks. Oh. And then you would tell him, Jesus. One thing that is worth noting is that, you know, the, well, now that we're into December, the game weeks are really quick and this is when obviously people that don't pay much attention usually fall back but you know you are having you don't have much time in between game weeks to make transfers and that sort of thing and you know yeah all your moves make a big difference so yeah well I guess we'll maybe talk about that next week or in future bonds yeah exactly because in basically in December you get seven days four days four days seven days two days three days that's your game week spread out so yeah no they do come pretty quick and fast Throughout there. So next game on the cards is Saints 2, United 3. James Ward Prowse with a goal and assist, Benrick and Gineppo, Cavani with two, Bruno with a goal and assist, Cavani and Rashford. Betty, you you watched this, you you were pretty dialed into that being a pretty high scoring game pre game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and look, I was waxing lyrical about why. Last week, I was a wee bit worried about getting Bruno in just because it was going to be a stodgy home game. I was loving the idea of a Saints away game. I, you know, I watched the Southampton Spurs game earlier in the season. And apart from the, the odd tweak, which is what they sort of did last year, they're just exactly the same side. They're just an absolute bomb scare of a side who also happened to be like really quite good at times. And they did exactly what we sort of thought they would probably do, which is be a bit kind of maniacal at times, but also, you know, Ward-Prowse has these games, so the positive for Southampton was Ward-Prowse has these games when he looks like David Beckham four times a season, and everyone sort of thinks, oh, maybe he is actually like a potential, he's not, he's not worth getting in. And the annoyance, obviously, is Ings is out, but they still look great, they still look good, and they were causing some damage. The best thing about Man United, and the best thing about Bruno by far is, he looked so terrible and then all of a sudden just sort of exploded in about a 20-minute period in that second half. And all you're seeing from Bruno, it was like, I loved how annoyed you were getting about Bruno because this is exactly what he is. He looks like a pub footballer at times 
And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, hang on, he's got a goal, he's got an assist, and Man United won the game. And it's yeah, part of that's sort of where he's valuable asset. Where he, he does like just try and, you know, create things. So, you know, it, sometimes it can look really bad because he's just giving the ball away all the time. And I think in, in that game, fair enough, he gave the ball away a lot. But like you said, he's yeah, top shagger. He's there. Oh. He's there at the Cavendish, half ten on the nose. Oh. Got got this. Got the student discount card straight in. Straight ten in. bottles of wicked. Yeah, exactly. He's not. Knee on the dance floor. Boys, at half ten, he's going home. He has pulled and he is he's on his own. At that point, everyone <laughs> else is in the queue, and he's on. He's pulled in the queue. He's yeah. fucking pulled in the queue. <laughs> <laughs> but that's he's exactly first. what he is. He just like he's. I was watching the game, and I was like, you know. Like I was, I was, I was at my father-in-law's, and he's a kind of semi-Man United fan, you know. Like he's a Kilmarnock fan, but he's he's English team's Man United, and he's running around with my kids, and he's going, "Oh, what's what's the score?" And I was like, "I was two 0 Southampton," and I was going through, and then like twenty minutes later, I was like, "Yeah, Man United won three two. and he was like, "Oh, bloody hell!" It's like, how the hell did that happen? And I was like, "Well, you know, all that shit, crazy shit that Bruno was up to for you know sixty minutes started paying off." I mean, at one point, he just tried to chip the goalie from like forty yards. <laughs> it wasn't even on. He, I mean, the only thing that I think is maybe worth talking about is, so from a Man United perspective, okay, Rashford, Rashford looked okay, but a bit dodgy, and Martial got dropped, and Cavani, if you knew he was playing every week, would be a discussion, but he's eight million and he's awkwardly priced. So he's also going to get a three-game ban for his uh, Uruguayan race. Instagram, yeah, yeah. yeah, not sure about that. Um, it's a bit of bad form. I don't. I mean, the only thing I think that's maybe worth discussing now is, so next week my team will have, pro more than likely will have Salah, KDB, and Bruno in it. And is Bruno almost becoming? Because we're talking a lot of games here. Is he almost a set set it and forget it type captain, in the way that Salah is, or are we still happy to do rotation based on fixtures? I. I love him. I don't think I'll captain him that much. Um, the three of them, I think we were discussing a bit last week, the three of them are my sort of picks for like, if I want three premiums, they're the ones I'm getting. And that's, that's how it's sort of panning out. I'm planning to take someone out for Salah. I think all of them have multiple routes to points. I think the only thing with Bruno is that sometimes, yeah, it can be a tough watch. Similar to Vardy, where he might do nothing for a long time, whereas... KDB especially, you watch him and he's just so central to everything. So I so can have you know the odd game where the play just happens to be more down the left-hand side or whatever. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't fault anyone for, um, for Captain Bruno. I suppose my slight thing is it's that weird thing about he has this great away record and generally mm. I'd rather pick a home yeah, bank over that. So I, yeah. It's a weird one. I was also thinking as well, and it's completely, you know, I'm... Uh, I'm very much a man who likes to change his ideas as often as his underpants, which is, you know, once I'm a week, sorry. obviously. Um, <laughs> I was so set after a sort of a six-week period that, that, that Kane was the guy, right? Kane was the KDB but playing up front. He was the guy dropping deep. He's making everything happen. He's on penalties. He's taking free kicks. He's also a goal scorer. Tremendous. Watching that Chelsea game, and I don't know if we're going to do it because it was so fucking boring, but I sort of feel like Bruno's the exact opposite, where... He, he isn't a clean player and he isn't in this sort of definitive role where you sort of know if Kane gets a couple of chances, he's probably going to score, but he's in a stodgy team. Man United play like, it's like they're an NFL team or something. They're just constantly trying stuff and constantly getting caught out and the scores are going to be high and maybe we prefer a guy 
who's a bit of a slut, just doesn't give a shit how he does it, versus maybe dumping down a cane who sort of needs the right conditions, the right fixture to pop up. And when he does, he goes wild. But there's a reason last year came we were a wee bit down on him, and maybe, maybe Mourinho's making Tottenham a wee bit sort of super stodgy in the bigger games, and that's going to cost. That's maybe going to be the difference between him and a Bruno. Potentially, potentially. Is there anyone else in that United team? There's a lot of, and we'll probably come on to because it it's like one of the questions. But is there anyone else in the United team that you would pick up? Not really. I mean, look, they're not going to keep, they're not going to keep clean sheets, right? So you don't really want a defender. You might want to keep an eye out for Henderson if that somehow turns into something miraculous, like like some kind of Pope like thing, because he was obviously great last year. But the midfield that has a bit too much rotation, and we would need Rashford on penalties. I like Rashford a lot. He's a fabulous player. We would need Cavani to be playing every week. We don't really know what we're going to do with Martial. I mean, Christ, Mata was getting a run a game. So, no, the only guy there really is Bruno, and the Bruno's the guy that's going to probably play every week. I mean, the other good thing is um, Greenwood came back, and he went around the goalie, and he was a wee bit unlucky. He just, I, just wasn't 100% sharp. He might be the guy that if he gets minutes, and they obviously played him up front because they played him in that sort of weird 4-4-2 with Van de Beek in the midfield. So I would say maybe as a sneaky, keep an eye on Greenwood, but I think there's better options for a guy like if you were looking at a Rashford, for instance. Fair enough, fair enough. Now the favourite part of the pod, living the season through the eyes of a super fan. Liverpool 1, Brighton 1. Ed? I just sound like a broken record. Um, (laughs) That's supposed to be a grand, this game. It's all good, though, because... yeah, as I say, I brought in Jota and he, he got his nine points. I mean, as we discussed in previous weeks, he's he's just comes alive around the box. He's making those runs. He want to get on the end of things. Like actually, in some of the games this season, Jota's, you know, been been getting in there and, and you know getting in for headers and stuff. And by comparison, Salah, quite often when the ball's out wide, he'll sort of not make like a really long bust bursting run, you know, into the penalty spot or near post. He'll sort of hang back a bit, hoping you know for a cutback or or a. A deflection or whatever so I think Jota actually you know gets the chances there as we discussed you know 4-2-3-1 no fit midfielder Thiago's going to be out for a few more weeks um, I think they still had one eye on Ajax because they messed up their previous game and that's obviously why Taki played 90 minutes um, but as far as the game goes you know felt like on the whole Liverpool did enough to win but they were holding on for the 1-0 ultimately they're just trying to sort of manage it out uh, and yeah, no complaints with the VAR really. Uh, you know, it was unfortunate, but uh, you know, it, it was a penalty in the end. The, the only way that's not a penalty is if it's Welbeck doesn't have the ball and they're just sort of both going for the ball and perhaps maybe not in the penalty area. But you know, they're both just trying to kick the ball and they both sort of kicked each other. But yeah, he kicked him, so that was fine. And then you know, the, the Salah off cycle was quite tight, and that's more of a question of. Did they draw the the line exactly correctly? But but yeah, no complaints about that. Um, Brighton, yeah, I I didn't I didn't expect Liverpool to um to sort of boss it. Uh, and yeah, Salah had the, that sort of breakaway chance as well. Um, but as it's sort of expected, he did start, but then came off after sixty minutes. So I think yeah, his time will sort of be managed a bit. So that's why I was sort of you know, wasn't worried about people that were captaining him in that game. So Klopp's come out this week and said 
he's basically only got 11 fit players, so they're all going to play every minute. Is that him just nailing home the BT Sport without going into that? But is that him nailing home that part? Or Yeah, I wonder if he, did, he, he overdid that a little. Obviously, he was pissed off. I wonder if he overdid it a bit to that for that to be the story rather than the fact that we never, could never beat Brighton. Um, I think he did a similar thing on Sky Sports the previous week, but they didn't really... They didn't show it. Didn't pick up on it. Whereas that one, yeah, some people think there's there's Kelly's a champ for sort of chatting back to him and, and then. Sort of <laughs> I mean, it wasn't it was interesting, and you don't yeah. usually see Klopp sort of ruffled like yeah, ruffled like that. You, I mean, I think he's is it he's you know he's, he's basically he doesn't lie. He speaks his mind in interviews, and that's quite so sort of refreshing. Um, so yeah. I, he, He's sort of barking up the wrong tree there. I think he's right in that it wouldn't take very much um, to move the 12.30 game to the 5.30 game for people that play in Champions League on a Wednesday. But that's not what the rule is at the moment. Um, you know, so that just get on with it. Um, you know, as they sort of said in the commentary, that's the sort of reality of being a top team is that people are going to want to see your, see you play. So I'm just flicking through our teams just now. Currently... You've only got Jota, Peddy, you've got Salah, I've got Salah. I've got Robertson, I've got Robertson as well. And that oh, was sorry, a bit, apologies. Bit, bit heartbreaking in that he, yeah. he lost himself, uh, you know, seven or eight points, whatever it was, and had yeah, got the, the assist chalked off yeah. as well. I, I'm a bit worried about the defence, especially with Milner. If Milner's got a hamstring, I've not checked up on that injury. If he's not playing right back, that's a big problem because Nico Williams isn't really up to it. Like, terrible um, foul that he gave away for the first penalty. Um, so... Yeah, a bit concerned about him playing at right back, whereas Milner, much more solid right back and better at sort of keeping the ball and then creating stuff from right back as well. So, yeah, I'd worry about their defence. I'm still keeping Robbo, but I wouldn't be rushing to bring like a four million defender from Liverpool. Um, yeah. yeah. I was quite surprised with, with Williams, seeing how he looked pretty poor in that. I thought uh, your man Simicast might have got the, got the gig. I know initially he was kind of billed as a Robbo backup, but I've heard he can play both sides. I, I, I think he's pretty left-footed, but yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, good option. Nico Williams had been okay last season, but there's been. he, he seems like he's got a mistake in him at the moment. And that's the last thing. And uh, Salah, obviously I've got him. You've got him, Peddy. Karen, Ed, Ed, you've talked about bringing him in, but Karen, is he on your radar at the moment? Is you Have you got a plan to get Salah in? Well, yeah, I was planning, kind of same as what Peddy was saying, about getting the, the three big hitters in, especially for Fulham, uh, Salah playing Fulham. In what two weeks I think, yeah. But the main thing for me is to get to do that. I, I kind of have to downgrade Vardy, and that's kind of midway through his run. So we bit, we bit a jiggery pokery to mm-hmm. to make it happen. Yeah, the part of the reason why I did that minus eight and the players I brought in specifically, because obviously when I downgraded Kane, I, I've still I've got like three or point five million in the bank, but it was so that I had enough money to then move. Um, Son, Bruno or KDB then to Salah later and it, it could still be that I don't move Son on but that's where it's looking most likely as I said in the previous weeks I'm happy to divest out of Spurs for this these sort of few fixture runs Cool so let's let's do a quick round up of the other games and probably there's some talking points in them but with Chelsea nil, Spurs nil, pretty oh. much on the 10 what the score was going to be any shock surprises from anyone about Probably the lack of potency in both teams really going forward. I mean, I was, the, they were both happy with that draw. You go, Karen. I was quite surprised just how toothless Spurs looked, but then I don't know if that's kind of a bit of a compliment to Chelsea, just how much control they had. Because I thought, well, 
just yeah. uh, Spurs have obviously got half decent midfield there. Pretty obviously good going forward, and I really expect them to compete that bit more. But yeah, Chelsea just seemed to snuff them out pretty straight away. There wasn't kind of there wasn't much happening. Okay, Chelsea weren't exactly slicing them open themselves, but there was just the amount of ball they had. I'm surprised that Spurs just kind of sat back and took it as much. Yeah, I don't think Spurs have got the players to break down a team. They were really lucky against, I think it was Burnley with a sort of last minute goal. I think they, they look amazing on the counter attack, don't get me wrong, but I just think when Bergwijn, more, uh, to me, they're more pacey sort of energy players. So this is really putting too much on basically into play between Kane and Son in and around the box for them to sort of create openings, which is pretty easy to mark. The interesting thing for me is they went four at the back. I was wondering if they would play five at the back because Lampard had done that quite a lot in big games. So that's quite a um, compliment to obviously the back, the back five that they've got at the moment. And within that back five, obviously, Reese James, it's his shirt to lose now. He obviously will get rotated as we get into more um, into December fixtures, but you know a lot of people will. So when their fixtures improve slightly, I wouldn't be averse to a, a double up there with James and Chilwell. Or if you've got James instead of Chilwell, then fair play to you. That extra one million probably comes in quite handy. Um, but yeah, Thiago seems up to, up to speed at the back. And I think, yeah, Lampard and was probably would have shook a, a nil-nil before the game started because he, he did limit their sort of expansiveness and creativity. And similarly, like Chelsea are good on the counter-attack as well, especially Werner. Um, and yeah, Spurs just didn't allow that at all. I think, I think he's James... sort of worked out that he knows that he can't outscore teams anymore, Lampard. Like he's at least smart enough to know his limitations. He's never, when he coached at Derby, he never particularly developed them into some kind of like really solid unit or anything like that. They were a bit streaky, but the, the most interesting thing I thought was, yeah, I, I mean, I know players have been injured and I know he's got these options, but it's going to be really interesting to see what he does if Havertz and Pulisic are now like fit, because he obviously likes Abraham up top because he's physical and he can sniff around the box and it means he can get Werner making those runs that he obviously likes. But he can't fit them all in. And we sort of knew that pre-season and ZH seemed like the guy, I need a wee bit, not of a stinker because it was a bad, bad game, but it's going to be, like I've got double Chelsea defence, so I've got Zuma and Chilwell, which is, slightly by accident more than by design and it's gonna I'm happy because they look really solid but I'm only happy if he keeps playing that system the moment he takes and does something if he keeps Mount Kovacic and Kante as that midfield three your Chelsea defense is fine the moment he starts tweaking with that and playing some kind of diamond or trying to fit Havertz into it or playing Werner like then it could all go ski with very very quickly so it'll be interesting to see but yeah and I agree I think the timing's happened really well for us with the Spurs assets like if if they didn't have bad fixtures, then yeah, we would probably still be keeping them. But the fixtures have turned bad, and Mourinho has sort of stodged them up a wee bit more. And yeah, it's fine. Dump them and move on. Yeah, I think Ch in particular suffered from that lack of adventure from the rest of his teammates because usually you know you can pick anyone out, and there wasn't you know as much yeah. of that going forward. They were reluctant to commit too many people. I'm going to do a thing next week actually about the bandwagons. I've I've really enjoyed the Ch bandwagon it might be the quickest one to start and end. And I know it's only FPL Twitter, but my God, everyone was mad on him. And now I've never, like, radio silence. And again, it's only because, yeah, they've had a couple of tough fixtures, but God, that came and went quick. Mind you, I think you are saying about that middle three. I think he's probably going to play that a mid three like that for a really combative midfield where you've got a tough game against, like, a Spurs. And he's going to use his 
these other big hitters where you've got loads of space and you can tear teams to bits where you're not needing to have quite so much defensive cover against maybe your, your bottom halves. But yeah, it's still fancy likes your Havertz and obviously Pulisic are, well, yeah, they're bound to come good. They're, they're too good not to have in that team. Yeah, Havertz is the big one because Mount can sort of play in that midfield three, you know, a bit, a bit deeper, whereas Havertz, you know, perhaps not. He's obviously much better being support striker. Werner, are we worried now that Tammy and Giroud look like they're probably the, the striker? Because I'm pretty sure Lampard said he didn't see Werner being that striker role. So Yeah, that's that's a big worry. He lo- I think he looked tired as well. I think he's played a lot of games. I think he's... He played for Germany as well every minute and pretty much every Champions League minute as well. So He's done. That's fine. So Everton now leads one. Um, like... DCL blanked, not a real shock to me, but I don't know about you boys. <laughs> oh, only took, what, six months so you could finally stick the dagger in. Yes. He never scored against Leeds, who are fucking brilliant. Although they haven't actually picked up that many points this season, Leeds, which is interesting. No, I watched this game, and just quickly, my God, I brought Bamford in, and I was like, oh, great. He keeps getting good positions. Oh, great. Oh, Pickford saved it. Oh, is it a half chance? Oh, he's missed it. Oh, shoot. No, he's passed it. When he actually scored, I was like, oh, brilliant. There's no way they can rule that out. And then he, like, obviously rewound. Yeah. yeah, someone's offside from the cross. Like, it's just the way VAR is these days. When he shoots, I'm like, right, he can't be offside. The ball, will, 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 yeah, it's fine. But yeah, it, I, re- I had to take a step back and realise, like, there's a reason he's not, like, a nine million forward. Like, he, he's six million. We've got to be happy. It's the first week I've had him. Just relax. So Leeds, it, Leeds were great, and they made they made Everton look look pretty poor. Even though Everton had like I don't know, maybe four or five like half chances, but they're gonna have these games. Like Hamez looked good, but he was picking out passes to get like you know Richarlison was running down a few blind alleys, and DCL couldn't really get on the end of anything. Okay, I think Kevin made the point, which was they only really have one way of doing things, and their backups just aren't great and so yeah. when they're going to come up against these games three seasons ago it'd been great to be able to have say Siggy as a backup or Awobi when he sort of burst on the scene looked like he might be a bit of a like a maniac right winger or whatever but nah they're not I mean one of those picks that you have to hit and they have to hit early otherwise they're going to be they're going to be eighth and that's it they should have conceded more as well. I mean, it should have been a slightly higher scoring game, um, you know, because Everton had a, a couple of decent chances. But yeah, Dina out is a big loss just from another person that can whip balls. And obviously, it means that James gets a few more of the free kicks, but Everton are much worse off as a team overall. So yeah, um, yeah James. Yeah. I tell you what, though, game. Fraser, I get, I get why you like Richarlison. He's lively. Yeah. Like yeah, he's just always in the box, but Richarlison is proper. He's a moody wee bam, uh, and he's he always dives. It and he's trying to score worldies, and he's yeah, exactly. He's diving, he's running down blind up, but he's always involved. You get your money's worth if you're getting Richarlison in, like he, as soon as he gets the ball at his feet, he just that's how he just he runs. He doesn't stop. He just wants to take somebody on straight away, and he must be an absolute nightmare to play against. Yeah, I think yeah, we had uh, a guy. When, go on. I was going to say, I think in the new year, sort of. January time when their fixtures get a bit better, Everton, Richarlison could be my cane replacement if I decide to ditch him. But you're right, he's pretty he's pretty lively. And I still think he might score more points in DCL this season. 
I'll take one. your phone off. Mate, my nana. Wait, I'm going to be smashed the amount I'm winning off you so far. So I don't yeah. know if I'll take another one right now. I'll bet you a non alcoholic beer on that one, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was a fantastic game to watch. It was really good. Leeds are yeah. fucking great. They're relentless, eh? So on Leeds, right? Sorry, got... sorry. Oh. One more thing. One more thing on Leeds, just quickly. Did you see the thing on the radio phone in where someone said Leeds fans are actually um, pretty torn on Bielsa? Half of them think he's God and half of them think he's the son of God. <laughs> I like that. Just one last oh. thing on XG with Bamford, because obviously he has this thing where his XG is really high compared, compared to his goals. And I don't know exactly how XG works it out, but he had, a, he had one where he's on the sort of half turn with a snapshot and he didn't get his foot round it and he just basically blasted it straight ahead when he needed to sort of get his foot round. It's like point blank range. Um, it just makes me wonder, like, if XG uses it as like a shot from that position at the goal, because like, he, I, he was never actually getting that shot on target the way that yeah. he hit it. So that I looked that up. Constantly so, doing that. Yeah, it's 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 shots from the position it's been taken in, based on like every shot in the league. So obviously, if, yeah, but is it taken into account? Where his foot is in positions to the ball, no, where it's standing, no, it's just for an average no. striker. Right. So that's, that's what I but mean. But it's like, like if they took so if, you, if you take a shot yeah. and, it, and you take a shot in the opposite direction to the goal, that yep. will still have an XG of 0.5 yeah. or, or whatever. So, yeah, like, exactly. So I'm, I'm saying, like, is that something systematic about Bamford whereby he's, he's taken the wrong thing there because he's, he's taken a shot that there's no way he can score because he's not got his yeah. body around the it's ball? It's literally impossible. So, I think it's showing yeah, nothing else right. he's getting into good if, positions. If he's standing, yeah, yeah. standing straight and the ball comes to him or he's running onto it with his other foot from a different angle, then his XG should be infinitely higher. But it's why people used to get so annoyed when XG first came on because they used to say things like when, when people were saying about, oh, Salah's always outperformed or underperformed his XG last year or, or Thingy always outperforms his XG. It's like, well, of course he outperforms his XG if he's a really good player. It's based on the average person in the league shooting from that position. And yeah. if you're an elite player, you should be outscoring it. But it's I think a, bet, a better Bamford player would have not shot. Take a better shot there. Yeah. That was the first thing I thought when he did that. I remember getting absolutely bollocked at a game at fives once when I shot from a ridiculous angle. And someone would just like screamed at me. And it was like, you're not going to score from there. Just stop past the ball. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck you, G. <laughs> uh, that's a uh, top goal scorer of all time the Scottish Government you've just slagged their bed eh? I think alleged he... alleged top goal scorer 10,000 goals 10,000 goals plus I think he's at 15,000 now but right let's just look at these other games so Palace nil, Newcastle 2 <laughs> Wilson and Joe Linton how Joe Linton scored I have no idea but well, Palace worryingly aren't going to score very many goals this season they had Schlipp playing as a striker We've got West Brom 1, Sheffield United 0. I can't see Sheffield United scoring again, let alone staying up. And then we had Wolves 2, Arsenal 1. Obviously, a bit of a shocker to Jimmy in terms of the injury, but Wolves seen a way to really pull Arsenal side. And then Leicester struggled today, 2-1 losers against Fulham. Vardy got an assist, so that'll keep captainers and half the game happy that he didn't blank. But... Is there any takeaways from these games with people? I know that Foden scored, Ed, you got rid of him this week, but it was always going to happen. Um, yeah, I was, yeah, I think that game didn't go out quite how I planned it. I thought that would be a low-scoring affair. I don't know if... Same. Yeah, they, they went in a, a, a bit more of attacking lineup. Wolves, you know, getting Podence, Neto, 
um, Traore and Jimenez on the pitch, pitch at least initially. Um, and but yeah, I mean, Arsenal are just pretty abject at the moment. There's not really much more to say about it. It's sort of, yeah, question marks. Bad. Yeah, I wasn't sure if Arsenal were just terrible or if it just Wolves were really good and they're showing how good they are at controlling games. Yeah, well, it's just the goals. I, I, I was just expecting 0-0 at half-time as usual when it was already 2-1, I think. So. I think the biggest thing for me is, our, is with Arteta. I thought, oh, Emery's making a terrible job of it last season. Arteta's come in. He's going to learn some stuff from, from Pep. He's he's been around decent managers, but yeah, if you're if you're struggling for goals, why not play Aubameyang? Okay, he was he was up top in the game there, but he just there's no service getting to him. Surely you just want to be hitting him all the time with the pace he's got. But yeah, well, they, I think they want to play the young boys, like make sure that Saka and like Nelson and Willock and all those players are actually in the team because they're better than all the overpriced other players they've got. And yeah, I think playing Aubameyang at number nine helps as well. But he's not been sort of on it since he signed a new contract either. So. I'll tell you the biggest uh, le- lesson I've learned from that wash-up that you just went through, Fraser, is, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain, I'm 99% I'm going to do it, I'm going to make Callum Wilson my uh, cheap striker option over Antonio until Christmas because I'm sort of sick of not owning them. They've, because got, every they've time got a I decent run. They do. And I just think it's not like we're talking about some, we're not talking about Joe Linton. We're talking about Callum Wilson, who has scored a decent amount of goals for Bournemouth. He's on pens. He's on pens. And the only person who's really going to score for them, this, like, yeah. it's going to be him, right? So if he scores, he scores. So as much as I like Antonio, unless the rest of this game plays out differently, I think exactly. you've got Callum Wilson. They've got Arsenal away. Anyone can score at the Emirates. They've got West Brom at home, Leeds yeah. away, Fulham at home. And yeah. then you hope you go, you're going to sell him because then he's got City, Liverpool, Leicester. <laughs> As, as it's that, that West Ham or no, that's you... Newcastle. That's Newcastle. Yeah, I'm not sure if there are those which are actually that great. I expect away leads or leads will keep a clean sheet in that one, and then another couple of bad ones. I um, did look at Wilson yeah, as well as Antonio for for my for my Mitrovic swap, but yeah, I've just I was like, oh, yeah, he's he's great, but then he's put point four above Bamford price wise, and I kept thinking, oh, he still he just plays for Newcastle, and I've still got this. Thing in my I shoulder, think, um, no, yeah. I just see, I can't seem to kind of get ha- around that. I'm quite happy with Newcastle. Like I said this to Fraser, like they're they are rubbish, but they're 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 one of those kind of sort of teams that know they're rubbish. I think I've got this thing in about how shit they've been the last maybe three years, but because mm. they've actually got an outball. Okay, um, St. Maximum wasn't. I don't think he was playing at the weekend. No, like well, Miron and that they've they've actually got a few kind of different outballs. They've actually got a supplier out to them now. I didn't actually watch the game, but by all accounts, it was like the worst game of football ever. So, you know, only a couple of ways from it. They're not, not scoring at all. So, yeah, I think the, the danger there is, Betty, that you're going to actually have to watch Newcastle games. Don't mind that. Up the tune. <laughs> right, well, that's kind of concluded the games, unless anyone's got any points or I could dive straight into the mailbag. Mailbag time. Mailbag, right. First question in the mailbag comes from Mike. Mike's an FPL, is a hoof-hearted league member, and he obviously has Jimenez, and he wants to know who he can replace Jimenez with. He already has Bamford and Calvert-Lewin. Does he have any money? It doesn't look like it, so I'm going to assume no. Okay. But is there any direct swaps, or are we looking at him to take a hit and upgrade somebody in midfield? 
because he's got Son, so he could upgrade Son and downgrade. I'd say the two guys we just spoke about, either getting Wilson, Wilson or Antonio, and then beef up your midfield. Yeah, so he's 8.3, so if he gets either of them, he's going to have 2 million in the bank, which means... Stick it on top of Son, Bob's your uncle, Dan. Or Watkins, if he, if he doesn't already have triple villa. But yeah, I'd, I'd go Antonio before, before those other two. Yeah, I'd probably go Antonio, but it's because he's the best pick ever. So I, th- I just don't, generally, I just don't think there's that. Although there is great value in the cheap cheap strikers, I don't think you're getting much more for spending a lot of money on them, particularly with Spurs fixtures taking a turn for the worse. There's not really any sort of premium players I want. When Ings comes back, perhaps in that sort of mid price area, um, but yeah, no one else really. No, yeah, I agree. Think... Yeah. The only yeah, the like for like, like yeah. If if Ings was fit, then maybe you could just go straight to Ings if Ings was on form. But you got, I think we've been gifted quite a lot of blanket cheap strikers. Do the cheap striker and then upgrade someone in midfield. Yeah, actually looking at his team just now, he's got Jota, Son, Fernandez, and Fornals in his midfield. He could upgrade Fornals to maybe a Mares. Put two yeah, million on him. Grealish. Yeah, Grealish maybe. Easy as that. Right, next question we have comes from at FPL Desi. He is looking, should he replace Son and Rashford to Bruno and Grealish for a hit? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think the sideways move Rashford to Bruno is probably one of the easiest moves he can do. And Son to Grealish over the next few while is probably not the worst. Yeah, I, I didn't think, I was, wasn't super keen on, on that. No. Um, is there any alternatives you would suggest them, or would you just say not for a hit? Up? I don't think. I mean, I think Bruno is a better pick than, than Rashford, certainly. But yeah, it, it depends what seeing the rest of the team to have, see how many other fires he's got to put out and that sort of thing. It, if he doesn't, then I might just take two weeks to do the transfers. I don't, I don't have an issue with the transfers in general. Like Villa have a good run of fixtures coming up, um, but it seems a little bit reactionary to to you know basically want Bruno in. For Rashford, I think it depends what type of guy he is in terms of his captaincy choices. So if he is, uh, and he probably isn't, if he's a type of guy who's like, Do you know what, I'm just going to captain Bruno every week because I don't care if he blanks, he's going to have a 17 point game week and a away to Everton fixture because that's just who he is. Then great. But if he doesn't have him already, he's probably playing catch up. I do agree. The Rashford move to Bruno is. Tremendous, but yeah, you would then also have to cost yourself something. So Son down to was it Son down to Grealish? Yeah, just do Son to Grealish first. I think if you had set on those transfers, but it sort of depends if you have Salah and De Bruyne because definitely De Bruyne is you know a player that you definitely want. I wouldn't captain, especially over this run, Son, and I wouldn't captain Rashford either. So yeah, like Petty says, if you need a captain choice and that's why you're bringing in Bruno, then that's that's slightly different. Yeah, assuming he's got the rest. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily do it for a hit. I think away at West Ham's a funny fixture. That's the type of fixture Rashford can maybe even do something, right? Yeah, I'd say so. And I think he's probably, especially if Cavani's out or in, we'll find that out. I think Rashford's going to play either out wide with Cavani or he might play in that. I know Cavani came off time, but you might see him playing that nine role. I think if he's gonna, if he's got like like Ed says, if he's already got Salah, he's already got KDB, or even just one of them, Wolves at home or is it Fulham? Fulham at home, they're fine to cover you, so you don't desperately need Bruno right now. The only thing I would say is that 
if he is like right on the money for those two and he's got no extra cash, I don't, I haven't got the mass in front of me, but if that's it and he has to do it, then fuck it, pull the trigger and do it because you're going to be happier in the long term. But yeah, I mean, I don't think I would be Captain Bruno over the next few. I think it is pretty much KDB and Salah for the next five game weeks. Yeah, I think that's why I'm getting them all in actually. I think it's a good point. I just don't know when you're supposed to captain them. It's like you say, Ed, he'll go massive in big away games, but well, he's got less armband on him. Probably, I mean, game, I didn't do this probably game week 13, Sheffield United away, but then Man City have West Brom at home. What are you thinking? You do West Brom at home <laughs> or Sheffield United away? And at the same yeah. week, okay, Liverpool are at home to Spurs, but again, it's a big team nah. and they could possibly just score plenty of goals. So that sounds that's right. Last question in the mailbag is probably quite an interesting one is if you've already got, still got it, when is the best time to play your wild card? Now, this comes from Aidan Gilroy. He is now sitting top of the Who Farted League and still has his wild card. Seems a bit trolly, this question. But first thing, fuck you. Exactly. Yeah, first thing, piss off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Get your own podcast, you cock. So, <laughs> oh. so I'm going to be quite friendly here. Right, go on. When should he wild card? Well, the wild card has to be played before game week 16. Game week 15 finishes at like 8 o'clock on the 27th of December and you have until about lunchtime on the 28th to do it. So I would say don't get pissed at Christmas and make sure mm. you do it early on Boxing Day because if you're going to get caught up with the family and all those sort of things around Christmas and New Year and can't you sneak your phone out, you might want to do it earlier. But in saying that, we've got some nice fixture changes. I don't know if we're coming up in the new year. Yeah, I'm looking at his team. There's not like right now, there's a reason he's top of the league, right? So he's got McCarthy and goal, Cresswell, Chilwell, Ruben Diaz, Bruno, Son, De Bruyne, Grealish, Calvert Lewin, Watkins, Kel Mosen. He's also got Podens, Taylor, and Walker Peters on the bench. So there's literally no buyers to put out, right? So he doesn't need to use it in the short term. Assuming he's not gone wild with transfers recently, which looking at his team last week, he hasn't. I mean he's got rid of Ing, so he's probably only got one transfer. That being said, I'm assuming like you guys, you're probably all waiting for when we get this double game week announced and we sort of want to see if it's worth double treble United with, say, treble City. But even that, he's already got double City and a United player. I'm not saying he doesn't need to use it. He should, but... Well, here's a question. He can look away as long as he wants. You hear people burning transfers. That's fine. But would you ever burn a wild card? Let me tell you something. If he won our league and burned a wild card, we might have to disband the league. That would be the greatest flex of all time. Now, I know Aiden. I know him quite well. He loves a punt. I think he might be game to do that. I honestly, I bet he wouldn't. If he could pull that off, that would be unbelievable. He is sitting 45k in the world at the moment. And he's what? He's like, well, like, okay, so so just for the listeners back home, the league is starting to shape up with some of this dross getting flooded out, right? So Jimmy's in second, he's dropping. Willie Gibson's in third, he'll be nowhere, <laughs> right? Ed's up to fourth, that's a bit terrifying. Al's right behind him, that's terrifying. Neil McCray, Matty Tyrrell will get too drunk over Christmas and New Year. He'll start dropping. 
Um, and then the next most serious person is myself at 11th <laughs> with Rupert in 13th. I would say that he's, I would keep it. I would keep it and use it at the very last minute if you had to. But he is, he is about, what's he, 36 points clear at the top of anyone who actually matters. Yeah, yeah I think you keep it as long Jimmy as possible. But, I, but when it gets closer to like, yeah, if, if the double game weeks and stuff are further into the future, when it gets closer, then I wouldn't be afraid of leaving it to the absolute very last game week. Um, and would you just do it for the sake of doing it because it is a power play chip and actually you, it, you just need to do that to refresh your squad and at least well, pick up some fires in the future? Well, Villa, for example, from game week 16, they... They've got a great run now, but then it goes Chelsea away, Man U away, Tottenham at home, Everton at home. I mean, I'd still keep Grealish through that, but I see he's got, you know, Watkins in his team, for example, and big Jed Steer. So you might want to, um, <laughs> might, you might want to sub those boys out. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's anything jumping out to me as far as like major fixture swings in the sort of five game weeks up until then. And this team's almost perfect at the moment. So you know, it's, it's one thing, like, my, my wife's still got a wild card up her sleeve, but she's sort of been taking a hit every week or so um, just to sort of stave, stave off, that off because it's never been, like, absolute major surgery needed. He has taken a hit the last two game weeks. Just looked at it. He has taken a hit the last two game weeks. He's taken three all season. So three hits all season, top of the league, wild card in his pocket. Not exactly the worst. Aidan, my only advice to you is don't get shit-faced over Christmas and remember to do it. So let's look forward to next game week, guys. I literally haven't got a fucking clue, which you all knew anyway, but I actually haven't <laughs> got a clue what to do going into next week. Um, I'd spoke to Petty during the week saying easiest transfer is I just bring in KDB for Manny and I can upgrade Foden to either taking Jota or I can stick him up to Ferran Torres. I had the exact money to do that. Didn't do it. And what happens? KDB's gone up. There's rumours that KDB's going to go up at least 0.3, like Jota did last week. I actually haven't got a clue what to do. So You're going you're to need him as captain, at least just to keep pace with everybody else, because I reckon you'll be about 60% of the league's got him having as a captain this week. Yeah, I know. I know. And it's just, it's one of those things is that, I have literally ridden the most horrendous Manny train all season. They're coming into a recent run of fixtures. He's probably going to have to play Manny, Jota, Salah, Firmino, all four of them, every game. Do I just stick and ride it out by doing nothing? Who knows? Who knows? Would not take KDB. I know. That's the worst thing. Or do I just drop Kane and try and get him back in when the fixtures improve down the line? Yeah, Kane and Foden out, as I've sort of yeah. done similar last week, is, is the other option for you. Fraser, last well, week we had you on the Shays Lounge for a bit of therapy. If you don't take KDB in against Fulham next week, I'm just getting you sectioned. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm draw, I think um, I haven't made any moves this week. I literally am going to wait till Friday, just before the deadline, after dinner with a beer and make a move then, because... You just call it the Friday fuck up. I think we'll go for it. Ed, it's going to stick. I just, I can't wait because, oh, who knows? Right, boys, what are you guys doing? What's anyone, anyone made a transfer yet? No, no, yet. Yeah, no. I've made mine. Oh, Ed. <laughs> well, none of my players are playing right now, so what's the fucking difference? 
No, I, I, I'm doing it because of the um, mad price potentials. So yeah, Foden and Kane out, and I've gone. I've got KDB and Wilson. Is Antonio off? Out of interest. Oh, because this game's going on right now, right? Yeah, I think Antonio got subbed at half time. I fucking hate this game. So, <laughs> <laughs> can I ask a question? Which is, um, and it, no, Antonio's still on, man. Um, is this? I don't know if this seems illogical, right? But I don't have Jota. And the reason I don't have Jota is I stuck it out with Foden. Now, if it was a straight swap weekend, say, say City didn't have an amazing fixture and Spurs had, like, Fulham at home, I would just do it because I've got the money. But is it... Does it make sense to sort of just wait? Because he's so cheap it also affords me the ability to just wait and get him, even if he's gone up 0.5, because he's still only going to be like seven. Which it's is Jota. cheap as balls. Jota, yeah. Is that, does that make sense? Or is it sort of ludicrous because he is so cheap, every week he plays and does something, I'm sort of costing myself unless one of my equivalents, which would end up being... Well, you know no, I mean? he's he's gone now. But does that does that sort of make sense? Like what I was sort of thinking was down the line, maybe going to a three-five-two, and dumping down someone like say a Bamford or a Wilson when the fixtures turn, getting a four-point-four and or four-point-five, and then upgrading to a three-five-two. And I can yeah. Do that. The only thing I would say is he went up point three last week, and he's probably going to you know got a fair fair whack this week. So. Yeah, he's 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 gonna he's gonna jump in value. Personally, yeah, having taken out Foden for him, I feel pretty good about that. And I think Foden's a bit of a trap in that he obviously came on and got some points there, and people will stick with him. As I say, I expect Foden will start in the Champions League and then not start start in the league. I think as well. By the time Jota does get to seven million, everybody's gonna have him. And so you've kind of missed the boat a wee bit with him. Everybody's gonna be picking up I don't know six or nine points for him every week. I'd still get it, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think because, but then the other thing is, like, I'm looking at the ownership and my, of my team. My team is pretty template anyway. Like, I don't really know where I, I think. I think what I'm sort of thinking is that because I've used my wild card and I've taken a couple of hits, I'm just hoping to land captains and just maintain. Because let's face it, none of us are winning the whole fucking thing. I just want to maintain parity with the top end of our league and have a bit of a title stint. And maybe by the time it comes to, say, Christmas, I can shake it up and do things a bit different. But looking at my team, like... The guy that won it last year, he um, he was bobbing around sort of 500,000 after 10 game weeks or so, I think. So, Oh, well, fair enough. You know. Maybe I'm winning it then. I phrase you right enough. Antonio is off at half-time. Oh, yeah. really? Hala yeah. and Ben Rama are playing. I don't know if Ben Rama yeah. started. Uh, they both come on at half-time. Yeah, for Niles and Antonio. So there you go. There's another one to throw in the mix. Antonio only plays 45 minutes. But I know he's coming back from injury, hamstring, all that good stuff. Stick with him, mate. He'll be fine. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Peddy, you've obviously made your transfer. Karen, you got anything in the mind? Uh, Some surgery this week. How many points Uh, worth of surgery? I don't know. It's definitely getting rid of Mitrovic. And then... I don't know, potentially another another couple of things, but 
I think it's probably good. It might be another week or so before we get Salah in, though. But yeah, a couple of things to sort out. So Mitrovic is one bit. What else is your surgery? I'm looking at your team just now. Martinez, Cancelo, Robertson, Kilman, Chilwell, Fernandez, De Bruyne, Grealish, Mitrovic, Calvert-Lewin, Vardy, with Mendy, Mitchell and Burke. Yeah, I was a bit pissed off with the Cancelo rotation again, so I might, might sort him out. And although Villa are 2-1 down, still quite fancy maybe getting Watkins in. But yeah, no sure about that. Got a few different options to, to think of. Fair enough. And Ed, you're obviously... Yeah, so last week, I actually fucked up last week because Podence dropped. I don't know if it was out of nowhere, but it certainly surprised me. And um, Jota went up by 0.1. I was hoping to wait on that anyway. But in, in the end, I, I sort of fucked up because I ended up doing this minus eight. And I had this thing where I, on Tuesday night, I think I then swapped opponents for Jota even after the, you know, I'd already basically missed point two. So I'd, the way it, it all panned out, I'd had point two extra in the bank. But having said all that, I've still got point one extra if I move Son, who's my cheapest of my three sort of premiums, to Salah. Um, and it looks like that will stay for a while. Sa- Salah was rising quite quickly after Saturday, but I think um, with KDB doing so well, that's going to stop. Um, the influx of people buying buying Salah and Son was sort of increasing. I think he's maybe starting to drop now. So yeah, I'm hoping to hold off on that until as late as possible in the week, and then probably I'll do Son to Salah because at the moment I just want to have De Bruyne, Salah, and Fernandez and just just ride them home. Fair enough, fair enough. So if there's anything else, boys, we'll just call that a wrap. I. Right. 